right, everybody, welcome to the Pro Zone, episode number four. We've got a lot of get through today. I should have actually released this Wednesday morning. I didn't get a chance to record as it's been a very hectic week here, getting towards the end of the year. Work has been really insane. Um, I'm not allowed to take any time off because of it's being Christmas, and I work for a huge organization that's really pushing for the end of the year results. So. Sorry, this is a little bit late, but I wanted to talk about the uh, National Wrestling Alliance uh, Power episode this episode. And i got some other events to go to. There's a couple events coming on in Connecticut uh, today. And a couple other newsworthy items, so we might be here a little while. So sit back, relax, make yourself a drink. If you remember, about a month and a half ago... uh, young aspiring professional wrestler Matt Travis was killed in a uh, when he was struck by a dump truck in uh, New York now the driver has been arrested Luke Vu has been arrested in the death of Matt Travis Uh, Vu will be charged with reckless driving failure to yield to a bicyclist and failure to obey a traffic device and failure to no excuse me then drive left of pavement marking where he wasn't supposed to be driving. Travis had wrestled for House of Glory, CZW, and GCW. There's been a number of tribute shows to Travis, and finally, some justice has been done. If you notice something weird about the WWE Network, apparently they canceled uh, 205 last night at the last minute. Basically, you know, this is one of the shows that I really look forward to each and every week, and they didn't release it until, um, I believe, when SmackDown was on the air. I could be wrong. It could have been a little bit before, but I don't really watch SmackDown, so I have no idea. But the reason was being is that they're going to be recording an episode of NXT for uh, Wednesday, Christmas, because it's going to be a Christmas, an NXT Christmas special, which is, you know, it's cool, but... Stop taking away my 205 Live. This is the second time within the last month and a half, I believe, that uh, the show has been canceled. And it's it's really pissing me off because I really love it. WWE just does not put enough time and effort into 205. And they got a lot of great professional wrestlers that are exclusive to that television show. So please, stop. According to uh, Mike Johnson, who... um, reported on this, or PW Insider, um, Keith Lee and Leo Rush will take on Tony Nese and Damian Priest, and uh, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, and Dominic, Dominic Dijakovic were also seen backstage, so we'll have to see what happens Wednesday. Um, they're filming, and it'll be airing 12:25. So let's get to some local stuff today. Tony Atlas will be having a meet and greet at M&J Video Games and Collectibles in Southington, Connecticut. Now, I, uh, on their Facebook page, they did not list pricing or anything, so I didn't want to just show up expecting to get something for free, so I gave him a call because they did not list the pricing. So basically, $15 for a photo, $15 for an autograph, and it's $25 for the combo. It's not that bad of a price, right? I mean, it's Tony Atlas, Mr. USA former WWF World Tag Team Champion, the first black World Tag Team Champion in the World Wrestling Federation. Northeast Wrestling will also be holding their um, Holiday Havoc show in the NEW Arena in Bethany, Connecticut. Uh, They hold this every year for the promotion. Um, It's going to be 
a rematch, no count out, no disqualification. There must be a winner. Dan Moff will be taking on Wrecking Ball Ligurski. The NEW Live Title Tournament Finals um, with a triple threat. It'll be JT Dunn, Christian Casanova, and taking on the rare breed Keith Youngblood. There'll be a special appearance by Sassy Claus, TK O'Brien. Brian Pillman Jr. will make his Northeast Wrestling Arena debut as he's taken on Mike Verna. Man Scout Jake Manning will be taken on Chuck O'Neill. Six-man tag team match, NEW Tag Team Champions, and Zan Lee Rude taking on Chris Battle and the Main Street Posse, Main State Posse, and Brett Goslin. All that plus much more. Tickets are $20. Kind of pricey for me out of my, because uh, if I go, I'm going to have to be taking a bunch of kids with me, you know? Taking two kids to an event like that, it, it eventually, you know, it adds up quite a bit. So, all right, on to NWA Power. This, you know, I, I'm it's a season two premiere. There's a lot of NWA action, so it's it's, it's currently my favorite professional wrestling program that I'm watching. There's, I was a huge NWA wrestling fan as a kid, and it's just um, this is very reminiscent. I know. I keep talking about it. Everybody else keeps saying the same thing over and over. It's, but this promotion is really on fire. It really is. And um, since Billy Corgan, David Lagana, are really working to try to restore the uh, proper NWA the way it should be, the way it was. It's just awesome. So and on to the power. The first segment, uh, Aaron Stevens was interviewed uh, by David Marquez. Aaron Stevens comes out, claimed that he was trained by the question mark in Mongrovian Karate and is the quickest third-degree black belt in just about three weeks training, which, and then he um, now wants to be known as Shooter Stevens. He's also stated that he is also the third-degree NWA national champion. He took the national championship belt and put three yellow stripes on the uh, back of the belt, which is... I don't know, is it going to be bad that he's tarnishing the North America, or the national title, sorry. Colt Cabana comes out, Marquez thanks him for saving the segment, Colt and Stevens go back and forth, and then DeRosa ends it by walking out with uh, Melina and Ashley Vox attacks Rosa, but Rosa is quick to get the advantage and throws her into the steps. Allison K and ODB make the save. It was, uh, first, you know, it was a little chaotic with the Aaron Stevens um, promo and the uh, then the brawl with between Thunder Rosa and Ashley Vox. It's just, it was just, it was just a ton of crap all over, going all over the place. It was wild and crazy. It reminded me of the days when like a Dusty and Flair would go at it and the Horsemen would just attack and there was just so much going on. Joe Galley and Stu Bennett announce a tournament for the television title. Now if you watched Into the Fire, they announced that the uh, NWA will be reintroducing the uh, world television title. Now, I've uh, noticed on Twitter, of course, because Twitter is full of Twitters, that a lot of people don't like the fact that um, they're adding the television title because they don't actually have a television deal. They are wondering if they're actually getting a television deal. They haven't mentioned it yet because, or why Why um, are they having it? It's just stupid that they're having television title while their television show is on YouTube and I'm just saying you can watch YouTube on your television shut the fuck up first off and it's fun it's just it's it's just another belt that's going to be added to the collection that's one of the legendary NWA belts that's just going to be 
it's it's going to be added. I mean, imagine the people that have hold, held that belt. Um, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, um, Baron Von Raschke. It's just it's one of the most glorious belts that was ever in uh, the National Wrestling Alliance. Now, Galleon Stu also um, announced there's a stipulation added to the tournament. Each match is going to have a minute uh, time limit of six minutes and five seconds and a 6:05 time limit draw. Now, this is where I'm just annoyed with this because it's it's unrealistic. It's a six-minute match. I mean, I get it. You're gonna have lots of quick matches, lots of quick action. But you know, most television title matches, um, the time limit was set at 10 minutes, which is you know I'm fine with that. It's cool. I didn't like watching 10-minute matches. I like long matches. I really do. I like them to go, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, sometimes even longer. I never got bored watching Flair and Steamo wrestle for an hour. But six minutes and five seconds? Come on. It's just, it's purely ridiculous. I get it. It's uh, part of the gimmick that the NWA is trying to do with the uh, television title. I hope that that... Um, stipulation does not stick around with um, the belt because I really hope that they add something else and I'm hoping that now that they're introducing this belt that they're going to be bringing in a lot more people I've heard some uh, heard some spoilers so to speak of guys that have actually shown up um, for these TV tapings I understand Scott Steiner was there is uh, going to be appearing in the next couple weeks Nikita Koloff uh, came in to intro to help draw the names for the um, tournament. We'll get into that a little bit later um, into the show. Um, but they had a the first match for the evening, TV TV title qualifying match: Zicky Dice versus Sauronaro versus C.W. Anderson in a three-way match. Now, I was really surprised to see C.W. Anderson uh, in here. I haven't seen him in a few years. He looks like he slimmed down real like a real lot. Uh, I've never heard of uh, Zicky Dice. Sal Renaro is a Georgia mainstay. I've seen him in NWA Wildside, NWA Anarchy, slash Anarchy Wrestling. It, basically, any um, indie promotion out of Georgia, most likely Sal Renaro is going to be there. This match was uh, really fast. It, it was It was really fast. Not much to it, really. But I'm surprised that Zicky Dice won this match. Who the fuck is this guy? I've never heard of him before. This is the first time I've ever heard of him. Is he the prospect that they're having that are going to win the television title? They don't know, you know, he's just some young kid that they're going to try to push along. I would have, um, out of those three, I probably would have picked like Renaro or even Anderson. But I don't know what Anderson's deal is with them. If he's going to be there for a long time, if he's just making appearances for this television taping. I don't know the actual um, is uh, CW going to be there for a while? Is it, is he how many matches he actually worked and if he actually signed a contract with him? But I'd really like to see him. And you know, obviously the Anderson name is synonymous with the National Wrestling Alliance. Now the next match, uh, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, took on Zach Mosley and Sean Sims. Robert Gibson with a headlock and a shoulder block and a hip toss. Tags in Morton. Morton with a hip toss of his own. Ricky and Robert with whips. Mosley and Sims collide. And the champions score a double pin roll-up. Winners, the Rock and Roll Express. This is basically a typical squash match. 
it was good for what it is and you know every time the Rock and Roll Express come out for an interview Ricky Morton's going to talk about the Rock and Roll Express and the legacy they have in the NWA I get it buddy you're one of the greatest tag team wrestlers there ever was and you were definitely a huge part of the NWA but come on man it, it starts to get a little repetitive the NWA needs to, one of the things that I have to say about the NWA is as much as I love the NWA and I've always loved watching NWA products ever even since the separation uh, from WCW I've supported the NWA you know when they weren't part of WCW and it was NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling which eventually became ECW NWA New Jersey I've gone to a couple shows of theirs in the 1990s and always had a, the time of my life I've had great times so it's just stop talking about the past the legacy I get it concentrate on building your own legacy and continue with that traditional style to stop talking about it all the time because it in my eyes after a while it's gonna start taking something away from it it really will at this time they actually announced that the uh, next NWA pay-per-view is going to be called Hard Times and the um, the television title will be decided there in the tournament final now the wild cards Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer came out and took on the Dawson's Latimer and Zane brawl right, right away Isaacs with the interference and an attempted double back drop Zane, Zane counters with a kick Zane misses a chop in the corner. Latimer stomps Zane's fingers. Isaacs with the shoulder block into the corner. While the wild cards working with the ham, on the hamstrings of Zane Dawson. Isaacs with chops and punches. Zane is favoring the hand. Latimer comes in and bites the fingers during a wrist lock. Wild cards with a Death Valley driver into a power bomb for the pin on Zane Dawson. Wild cards. Or something else, man. Those guys, Isaacs and Latimer, they're a great tag team. Now, when I saw them at the Crockett Cup, I really honestly did not think uh, much of them. I thought they were just, you know, two indie guys, basically. And they were just getting, you know, they were just getting lucky by the National Wrestling Alliance featuring them so prevalent, like heavily in that tournament. And, you know, I didn't realize that they actually had a whole plan. For, see, I didn't, I wasn't very familiar with uh, Isaacs that much. You know, I see him in uh, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which, uh, you know, at one time was an NWA territory in the um, earlier 2000s, I believe. But I, I don't watch that product as much as I, I probably should. I really do like it, though, so, you know. I, I actually record it on my DVR. I get it here on uh, Nessen, the New England Sports Network. The post-match post interview with uh, David Marquid, Marquez, excuse me, the wild cards say the Dawsons are liars and so is Santa. This brings Josephus out, dressed as Santa Claus, and he's throwing out candy. You get a post-into-the-fire interview with James Storms, who complains that he never gave up. Storms says he will go back to the bottom and work his way up to the number one contender spot. Zicky Dice is back with David Marquez, who brings out the rest of the TV title competitors. Here we go. Now, competing, Ricky Starks, Caleb Conley, Colt Cabana, Trevor Murdoch, Thomas Latimer, the question mark, Eddie Kingston, Tim Storm, Zane Dawson, Dave Dawson, 
and uh, this one's quite the surprise. Nick Aldis. That's right, the National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis is entering the tournament. I will talk about that in just a second. Nikita Koloff is introduced, and man, the, cre- the crowd popped. I don't think anybody knew that he was going to be there. I sure as hell didn't. I never, but you know, I try to avoid spoilers the best I can so that I could. I like to pop when I'm watching a wrestling show. If I know the spoilers, I'm not going to give a shit about the show. I'm just going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, I already knew, you know. So his first match will be Ricky Starks and, and Eddie Kingston. Nick Aldis joins Marquez to address the TV title situation. And he says that he's run through the NWA and has no challengers left. He wants to make history by being the first ever to hold the NWA and the TV title at the same time. All this declares Ricky Starks, the top young star in wrestling. He believes Starks can make it to the finals and lose to him in the tournament finals. All this has a firm no, com- no comment regarding Marty Skrull. When asked about Camille, Aldis says he needs to assemble a real team. We will see the that unfold over the next few weeks. Camille is no longer his insurance policy. It's a very interesting segment right there. I'm really looking forward to this tournament because I want to see Nick Aldis, uh, how far he goes in the tournament. And my guess is that he's not going to win the television title. And I don't know, out of those other gentlemen that are gonna that are in it, is Zicky Dice, because he's the odd guy, is he going to be the one that wins it? Or is it going to be Colt Cabana or Ricky Starks? Who would you like to see in the uh, NWA World Television Title Tournament? As far as the finalist goes, my guess is uh, it's going to be Nick Aldis and Tim Storm. It's just, to me, it's just heading that way, because after uh, the first episode of Power... Season 1, the first episode, where they had to deal where if uh, Storm loses, he never gets to face all this again. Now, if he gets into the tournament and they end up in the finals, something's going to happen. And I have a feeling that it's just going to end up being another way to get Tim Storm into another match with Nick Aldis. Now, if you uh, know what happened later in the show, you probably think that I'm right. I mean, I think I'm right. Backstage, actually a pre-recorded interview, excuse me, Stu Bennett interviewed Murder Skrull, basically out over the NWA and its title, bit, excuse me, sorry, trying to read my notes and uh, without sounding like I'm reading, but I keep uh, messing up what I'm saying here as I'm trying to read. Basically, Murder Skrull says he's going to continue to keep people guessing, and the NWA world title is his ultimate goal. Now, if you saw, I'm not exactly sure, the Ring of Honor show that had Skrull and Aldis for the NWA world title on it, that was a phenomenal match, and I would love to see a rematch. I'm not sure if we're going to get it at hard times, or if it's just going to come after, or maybe Aldis and uh, Skrull are going to end up teaming up. So next... um, we end up having Eli Drake come out interviewed by David Marquez. Mind you, um, he's telling his uh, throat injury that he got from the night before from Ken Anderson wrapped his head in a steel chair and threw him up against the uh, ring post driving the chair into his throat. So he did a really good job at selling this. Eli Drake, I have to tell you, is one of the greatest talents 
and I have a feeling, my personal opinion is that this guy, seriously, given the proper uh, tool, he would be a mainstream star, professional wrestling-wise. Uh, obviously, with Impact, you know, that's Impact. They don't know how to do, they don't know what they're doing half the time. Um, you know, if he was in WWE, I bet you anything that they can get him out into the mainstream as, uh, you know, as mainstream as, like, Hogan or CNN, The Rock, that kind of guy. Because this guy, there's something about him. He's got it. He really does. So, anyways, um, the match, Eli Drake and Ken Anderson, is a rematch from Into the Fire. It's a no-DQ match. And they brawl all over the entire studio. It's a really, really good match. Really, it's just an awesome match. I love it. Um, they're going all over the place. And then, uh, during this match, let me give you the results now, is that uh, Eli Drake uh, pinned Ken, An pin Ken Anderson once again. But then all of a sudden you see all this come out and confront Tim Storm. Tim Storm was on cam commentary. I'm not exactly sure what he was saying um, about Nick Aldis. You know, Tim Storm, he, he, everybody loves Tim Storm. He's an everybody hero. But Tim uh, Aldis came out. He's getting in his face, telling him to keep his name out of his mouth. Storm is done as far as all this is concerned. There's no mic, so it's not 100% clear what's being said. Storm is actually furious and goes to the ring. All this follows the wild cards attack Storm from behind. They hit a series of kicks and punches. Camille comes out and gets in all this's face and argues with him. She immediately turns around and spears Storm, exposing that his earlier firing was a ruse. Speaking of exposing Camille and Latimer, the relationship with a pretty big kiss. The group embraces and Storm takes so takes some more abuse from all this now. They basically just formed a faction. All this is going on. You know, all this is really selling this on Twitter. He's you know, <laughs> as if it's a uh, complete hundred percent uh legit. So it's really awesome. It was a really great segment and I can't wait to see what happens between all this and Storm. I like that the National Wrestling Alliance is giving Tim Storm a huge veteran some great literally like some such great uh, attention it's 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 really awesome he's just such a great you know he's he's such a great talent such a great guy and this is going to be a great feud it's gotten so far that you know um i don't know if you guys out there watch this is the nwa or listen to this is the nwa pod and all this is now uh, they're doing a feud with uh, those guys, which is just, it's hilarious. If you watch, if you go through Twitter, watch uh, Gary and Adam and all this going back and forth. And he actually um, jumped in on their live uh, chat on the podcast, um, post-show podcast. It was uh, basically talking shit. It's really good. It was some really good stuff. So that um, wraps up this week of uh, NWA Power. Um like I said, it's one of the greatest shows on television today, professional wrestling-wise. We're going to be back in a few minutes with uh, some other pro wrestling talk. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And we're right back touching it. Oh, God. It's just the power, the humanity. He's going to flip him. Got him. He just flipped a 500-pound man with his Johnson. My God, what's some bullshit? Joey Ryan wrestled AC Romero on Impact Wrestling. Now, mind you, AC Romero, he's a great guy. He's a great wrestler. Joey Ryan, you know, he seems like a good enough guy, but seriously, that dick flip shit, it gets on my nerves. It really does. I had somebody, I, I posted this on Twitter, and you know, somebody responded. A good friend of mine responded. It's like, you know, he's getting over... And this is a guy that's been in the business for, uh, I believe, 30 years or so. And, you know, he's like, today's different. He goes, I don't, not my thing, but, you know, he's trying his hardest to get over. And that's how he figured out how to get over. So it's, uh, you know, that's what he's doing. Joey, you know, he's a fine wrestler. He really is a good wrestler. It's that he, he just, uh, he probably wasn't getting over. He was just probably very bland. So, you know... So he had to figure a way of getting out, uh, getting over, excuse me. But this is just, it's just stupid. It's this stuff, intergender stuff, Orange Cassidy. It's just unrealistic. It's just, it's stupid. It's, this is a shit that's ruining professional wrestling for me. And actually, it's ruining impact wrestling for me. I was a huge supporter of theirs when they first started, when it was NWA TNA. I used to buy every pay-per-view uh, during those formative years, and it's just it's just ridiculous that they've come how far they've they've gone. It's like they want to be a hip indie. It's just a mishmash of a bunch of different garbage. From let's bring in any old ECW guy that we can, maybe get a few dollars. Who the fuck is uh, honestly tuning in there to see Rhino? Who the f- this is another thing is who the fuck is tuning in there to see Johnny Swinger or Glenn Gilberti. Well, those guys ever, I mean, you know, uh, Johnny Swinger was a fucking job guy for WCW for how long? And Glenn Gilberti, he, he's just a fucking jerk off. Like, his, his gimmick, just being a disco dancer. And this is all before Kayfabe was uh, exposed, you know? So, one of the things that uh, this match particularly bothered me, actually Impact Wrestling bothers me, because, you know, they'll be doing commentary using, you know, kayfabe terms, insider terms, and that's just, you know, who watching is really going to be familiar? Who watching television is really going to be familiar with a lot of this stuff? I mean, you've got to be a really diehard fan in order to watch professional wrestling, uh, you know, Impact Wrestling. You know, there's so much professional wrestling out there today, and Impact is just trying to find their own niche, and it's this. It's just being some sort of comedic joke of professional wrestling. Josh Matthews is terrible on commentary. Don Callis is, is uh, 
you know, smart as he is and a great guy, creativity just sucks. It does. Um, they're just getting a lot of ideas from a lot of shitty indies that are doing, you know, intergender and just bringing in ex-ECW guys. I can go down the street and pay $15 and go see a better show, you know, with uh, somebody better. Some some other ECW, random ECW guys or whatever. Now, mind you, I like the fact that there's so much wrestling out there today. It gives me more things to watch. And now, you know... Impact isn't all bad. I'm going to tell you that. They're not all bad. But they've got a lot of problems to work out. AEW still has a lot of problems to work out. But they're a new company. They've only been on television for about 11 weeks. Let's get serious here. Impact's been around for 19 years. 18 years? 19 years? They used to fill up arenas that had about 5,000, 8,000 people. Now, you watch a show, it's got a few hundred people, and you hear about two people clapping. You don't even hear anybody cheering. A lot of it has to do with bullshit like this. The intergender shit, the gimmicky Joey Ryan shit, stuff like that. Now, you know, they can't even get their app to work right. It's, you know, they were supposed to have an event on there last week. Instead of tweeting it out or whatever, they put it on the app when you go to tune in. It says, due to technical difficulties, the stream is canceled. But they were on Twitch the following night. They can't even seem to get that right. I was a subscriber when it was Global Wrestling Network, was it called? And I opened up my uh, app one day on my phone, and all of a sudden it's just changed. I had to re-sign in. I had to do all this stuff. It's the operation sucks. I, I go to my Roku box and I'll uh, open it up. It immediately closes me out. I have to open it two to three times in order to get it to work and they possibly stream an event if I want to watch an event live on there. And you know, for a while, when because uh, I don't get access TV, you know, when they were on uh, Pop or whatever, when they were on Twitch, you know, if you miss that show because it's not, it does not go on demand. You know, they would upload it. It'd be like a few days later, they'd upload it on Tuesday. And now that they air Tuesdays, you know, it's just, you got to wait. I don't even know when it, you can't, you can't watch it. You have to try to, you know, you can find a torrent of it or whatever. It's, the company's a mess. And, you know, there seems to be, uh, it's got a hardcore fan base of probably 200 people that support it online. Buy their merchandise, show up at their shows in, you know, Queens. And I, I told you, I didn't watch impact for a good 10 years ever since that uh, 10 10 10 thing that they did where they were hyping it up it was going to be something different that was going to change out comes bischoff and hogan i turned off the channel after 45 minutes and there was not one single match i said fuck it seriously i said fuck it i never tuned in again not until 2018 i watched uh, slammiversary and have to say that that was a, a fantastic show it really was and uh, I ended up going to Bound for Glory 2018. Thought it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. I've been to a million shows over the years. Anything from WWF, NWA, WCW, to the local indie where I was the only person that purchased a ticket. Yeah. It was just... They're in bad shape. They're in terrible shape. They need to do something, and it's just doing this hip indie shit is just not going to work for them. They're just ridiculous. They're for, you know, them and AEW should just be combined. 
Just it's just stuff that that's gonna end up on there. The intergender stuff is just ridiculous now. I'm not going to say this because I think uh, Tessa Blanchard is one of the best wrestlers out there today. Now, notice I did not say women wrestlers. I said one of the best wrestlers. She's one of my favorites between her and Sammy Callahan. But her, like, this is just ridiculous. I don't want to see her getting beat up by a guy. I don't know what they're going to do. they got to do something. they got to do it to make a positive change instead of trying to do all this hip garbage. Whatever. Having a guy do a dick flip, beating people up with his dick, and then having some jackass outside talking about ring rats, using insider terms, on the mic, just it's just ridiculous. It's not going to work. They need to do something to change it. Alright, all right, everybody. Sorry for the long conversation, long rant on Impact Wrestling. We'll be back tomorrow. If you can hit me up on uh, Twitter at the Rick Del Santo. Instagram, the Rick Del Santo. On the web, prowrestlezone.wordpress.com. And you can email me at prowrestlezone at gmail.com. See you later. Okay.